98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, student leaders from eight tertiary institutions have set out preconditions for talks with the chief executive. A group of mothers will hold a rally at Chater Garden in Central tonight in support of the young protesters who broke into the Ledco building on Monday. And an activist has appeared in court over the siege at police headquarters two weeks ago. Student leaders at eight tertiary institutions have laid preconditions for talks with the chief executive Carrie Lam after she asked for closed-door meetings with students from two universities of the anti-extradition protests. Chinese University and the University of Science and Technology student leaders have rejected her offer. The eight student leaders say Mrs Lam must make the dialogue public and that she must first promise to permanently drop prosecutions against all protesters in the past month. The HKUST student union's Vincent Ng accuses Mrs Lam of lacking sincerity in resolving the political crisis. The general public always keeps on condemning her for not hearing the public voices. And now if she can invite us and for a private conversation, so she can then say that I really have had some conversations and I have heard the voices from the students, but I cannot disclose who are they. So we do not want this kind of things happen. And we believe that is a PR stunt. IT sector lawmaker Charles Mock has urged the chief executive to make concessions. He says Mrs Lam can make the meeting happen if she really wants to. I believe that there are other alternatives, for example, including asking some other more neutral people to be able to attend the meeting at the same time, making part of it open, if not the complete meeting, and most of all, indicating to the student that this is not just a PR exercise and the students feel her sincerity. I think that is the most important. I'm sure she would be able to do it because she, she has done it in the past. So I hope that, you know, being the chief executive now, it doesn't mean that she will lose the kind of human touch that she used to have. A group of mothers will hold a rally at Chater Garden in Central tonight to support the young protesters who broke into the Ledco building on Monday in anger at the government's refusal to listen to their demands over the extradition saga. Organisers say they expect thousands of people to join. Sealing Chang said youngsters shouldn't be blamed for resorting to radical action because the Carrie Lam administration forced them to do so. The indifference of the government has been pushing the young protesters into such radical actions. Mm. They have expressed their demands in the most peaceful way. And what did they get? If not complete silence, it was humiliation mm. because the response from the government has been humiliating to the public, not to mention the young protesters that have been fighting so hard to get their voices heard. An activist has appeared at Eastern Magistracy in connection with the protest at police headquarters in Wan Chai two weeks ago. Pun Ho Chu is accused of assaulting a police officer, criminal damage and behaving in a disorderly manner. The 31-year-old allegedly assaulted eight officers, damaged the walls and escalators at the police complex and swore at officers. He also asked protesters to give him more eggs to throw at the police. The court has denied his bail request and adjourned the case to next month. The government has asked Kowloon Motorbus why it offered extra services apparently catering for demonstrators to leave a protest site about a fortnight ago. Reports say the bus firm operated a special route between Wan Chai Police Headquarters and Mong Kok following an overnight siege of the headquarters by protesters. The service, 104R, usually operates during festivals or events. The Transport Department says these special routes require its approval to operate. KMB says its services cater for passengers' needs and are flexibly managed. 
The main contender in Macau's upcoming chief executive election, Ho Yat-sen, has officially resigned from his role as the president of the Legislative Assembly. While he said it's not a requirement for him to quit the position to run for the top job, he didn't want his election bid to obstruct the work of the Assembly. The 62-year-old added that one of the biggest challenges he met as the head of the legislature was when thousands of people surrounded the Legislative Assembly building in 2014 to oppose a controversial bill that would grant lavish retirement packages to top officials. He said the incident reminded him of the importance of making sure that the work of the government and legislature are in line with the public's expectations. New evidence has shown that Muslim children in Xinjiang province are being systematically separated from their families. Research commissioned by the BBC found official documents revealing large numbers of boarding schools have been built and children are assessed to determine whether or not they require centralised care. The research was carried out by Dr Adrian Zentz. The Xinjiang government is attempting to literally raise a new generation that has been cut off from religious beliefs, from cultural knowledge, even from their own language. Uh, I believe the evidence really points what we must call uh, cultural genocide. The central government has denied that children are being separated from their parents. Surgeons in Australia have rewired the nerves inside paralysed people's bodies to restore movement to their arms and hands. The pioneering surgery has been described as a huge advance which could have a life-changing impact. The lead researcher, Dr Natasha Van Zyl from Austin Health Centre in Melbourne, explained how it worked. We take the nerve that is supplying a muscle which is working and is still connected to um, the brain via the spinal cord and we cut it and we move it to a new position. Now we don't lose any function by cutting that nerve because we have several other muscles that are doing that same function. Uh, we move the nerve towards a nerve that is paralyzed and then we cut that nerve and then what happens is nerve fibers from the working nerve travel down the scaffold of the paralyzed nerve and contact the muscle and reanimate or, or reactivate it. A new study says there's enough space around the world to replant trees across an area the size of the United States and make a dramatic impact on climate change. They say the available space is far greater than previously thought and the measure could reduce carbon dioxide in the atmosphere by 25%. Thomas Crowther is one of the report's authors. This is a massively powerful tool to capture carbon from the atmosphere, but it certainly doesn't mean that we get to stop caring about our future emissions. Even if we immediately captured that 200 gigatons, continuing to emit 10 gigatons of carbon every year is still going to accelerate climate change. So this is one of the solutions that must be used in conjunction with all of the other climate change solutions, including cuts to emissions. A group of residents in Jakarta has filed a lawsuit against the government accusing it of failing to tackle air pollution. Indonesia's capital has been ranked the most polluted city in the world. Nelson Nicodemus is the lawyer representing the group of more than 30 residents. What we already know is that the conditions and the air quality, or air pollution in Jakarta, is getting worse day by day. Today, the representatives of all people who care about their health, the environment and also the health rights for humans and Jakarta citizens took the initiative to file a lawsuit against the government. 
An elaborate ceremony has marked U.S. Independence Day in Washington, with President Trump presiding over an event dubbed "Salute to America." In a change to the usual Fourth of July celebrations, military vehicles were on display, and Mr. Trump's speech was interspersed with flypasts of fighter jets. He described the event as historic. As we gather this evening in the joy of freedom, we remember that all share a truly extraordinary heritage. Together, we are part of one of the greatest stories ever told—the story of America. It is the epic tale of a great nation whose people have risked everything for what they know is right and what they know is true. Meanwhile, a strong earthquake disturbed Independence Day celebrations in California. The U.S. Geological Survey said it had a magnitude of 6.4 and struck on the edge of Death Valley. A local geophysicist, Professor John Rundle of the University of California, described the impact. The size of it would have been about 10 to 20 kilometers in dimension, and the slip on it would have probably been one to two meters. So it's a pretty significant earthquake, and it's. Fortunate that it happened in an area which is quite remote、uh, from Los Angeles and the major population centers. A potentially important witness in the investigation into the downing of the Malaysian Airlines flight MH17 appears to have been detained in Ukraine. Vladimir Semak was involved in organizing the air defenses of pro-Russian rebels in the self-declared Republic of Donetsk in 2014. Nearly 300 people were killed when the airliner was brought down by a Russian-made missile. The BBC's Jonah Fisher is in Kiev. There's been no official comment from Ukraine on the capture of Vladimir Semak, but media reports, supported by interviews with his lawyer and daughter, suggest an audacious operation in which he was drugged and then taken into Ukrainian government territory, disguised as a paralysed pensioner. Eva Moseskor, a survivor of the Nazi Holocaust who became an advocate of forgiveness, has died during an annual return visit to the Auschwitz concentration camp. She was 89. Born into a Jewish family in rural Romania, she had settled in the United States in 1960. In 2015, she famously embraced and kissed former Nazi Oskar Gröning after travelling to Germany to testify in his trial. Here's the BBC's Charles Haviland. Wrenched from their Romanian village life during the Second World War, Eva Moses Kor and her family were taken first to a ghetto and then to Auschwitz. Her parents and two elder sisters were murdered in the gas chambers. As twins, she and her sister Miriam were injected with germs in experiments by the infamous Nazi doctor Josef Mengele. They both survived, though Miriam's later death from cancer was attributed to that ordeal. A 3,000-year-old sculpture of the Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun has been sold at auction for six million U.S. dollars, including commission. The Egyptian government has asked for the sale to be postponed. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. Last chance at four million. Sold at four million. Paddle eight four five. Congratulations. It was one of the most controversial auctions at Christie's in London for years. Attention would have been guaranteed in any case by the name Tutankhamun, the boy pharaoh made famous by the discovery of the fabulous riches of his tomb. The bust is rare, dating from the time of his rule, but the intervention by the Egyptian government raised the stakes. With Cairo demanding postponement of the sale until the statue's provenance had been investigated and the legality of its export from Egypt established. But Christie said it had all the necessary information to prove the sale was valid and above board. A quick look at finance. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at twenty-eight thousand eight hundred and seventeen. That's twenty-one points up on the previous close. And now, with the sports news, here's Adam Jung.
We start with tennis at Wimbledon, where the defending champion Angelique Kerber has been knocked out. Germany's three-time Grand Slam winner was beaten by the American Lauren Davis. Their second-round match finished 2-6-6-2-6-1. Davis is ranked 95 in the world. I wouldn't say that I was surprised because I always believe in myself. She's obviously an incredible champion, and I respect her. I have immense respect for her, but I definitely believe in myself um, and believe that I can hang with these girls and, and beat them because I've worked hard. Definitely worked hard to get here and did a good job of playing within myself and staying calm and taking advantage of the opportunities when I had them. Rafael Nadal's victory against the unpredictable Nick Kyrgios was the biggest show on day four. Nadal came through in four sets to book his place in the third round. Kyrgios was booed by the crowd for serving underhand. He also complained about the umpire during and after the match. I mean, the umpire today was, was horrendous. I mean, it was terrible. I'm serving and I'm like starting my routine and then Rafa says stop. And I'm like, the rule is like play to the speed of the server. So I'm like, well, why do I have to wait for him to get into his like rhythm every time? Then I got angry at the ref. He's like, no, nah, I'll tell him when I want to tell him. And I was like, oh, a little bit of a power trip there. Because, you know, it obviously feels pretty important sitting up on the chair. Frank Lampard says his new job as Chelsea's manager will be the biggest challenge of his career. The 41-year-old takes over from Maurizio Sarri, who left Stamford Bridge last month to coach Juventus. Last season, Lampard guided Derby County to the championship playoff in his first year of management. As a player, Lampard won 11 trophies in 13 seasons with Chelsea. He says being the club's manager presents a new level of challenge. I don't want credit for my playing career. I think it will last five minutes. Um, and I understand that it should last five minutes because I should be judged on what I do here and what I do going forward. So, yeah, the challenge is for me here at a club like Chelsea to, to show that now going forward. At the Cricket World Cup, West Indies ended a run of five straight defeats with victory at Headingley by 23 runs over Afghanistan, who finished winless in the tournament. Today, Pakistan play their final match against Bangladesh. To qualify for the semi-finals ahead of New Zealand, Pakistan will need to win by a margin of at least 316 runs. In golf, China's Liu Yu shot a personal best round and broke a course record at the Thorberry Creek LPGA Classic in Wisconsin. The 23-year-old from Beijing opened with a 10 under par 62. She leads South Korea's Lee Jong-un and the American Yilimi No by one shot. Hong Kong's Tiffany Chan is tied for third after an impressive bogey-free 64. World number one Park Sung-hyun shot 65. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Student leaders from eight tertiary institutions have set out preconditions for talks with the chief executive. And a group of mothers will hold a rally at Chater Garden in Central tonight in support of the young protesters who broke into the Ledgeco building on Monday. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah.